everyone. Welcome back to Becoming Brene. I'm Margo. And I'm Olivia. And we're so excited that you're joining us again today for our third episode about Brene Brown herself and who Brene is. Um, we've really had a lot of positive feedback on our first two podcast episodes, and we just want to thank you for that um, before we go into our next one. But today, yeah, we're talking about Brene Brown, and we're really, really excited. Um, first, before we talk about all of that, obviously, Becoming Brene is named after Brene Brown, but we wanted to give a quick disclaimer. We are not affiliated with Brene Brown, and our statements about her, her work, and her research do not reflect her. They reflect our opinions and our thoughts on her work and how they inspire us. We are not experts, so please fact check us if we have a date incorrect or you don't feel that we're talking about what lines up with Brene 100%. With that, as our mission, instead of something that we idolize or obsess over, we want you to see and think that Brene's research is actually a door that can lead us to positive conversations. We want to use her as an example and build into what that looks like for us as individuals. So this isn't like a Worship Brene podcast. Though we do love her, we kind of want her to bring a, be a springboard almost for her work and then for our conversations from her work to that. Definitely. And going into that, I think it's important just to talk about who Brene is in general. A great starting point, if you will. Um, also, I'm kind of cracking out right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't so tell. Are you If okay? you feel that energy during this podcast, don't worry. I'm having a great time. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. It's great. <laughs> I was like, I got to get that disclaimer down. We got to get our mission down. And then we just like started really settling into the fun of our podcast. That's great. Yeah. Um, like also, before we jump into that, I just want to talk about how our audio situation, um, we're trying out recording with our AirPods instead of just like speaking into the phone today. Um, please let us know which is worse or better. We want to do what's right by you and what sounds better. So please just let us know. True. And we record um, with Anchor. So that changes like the fact that we don't have like a studio setup or anything we record mm-hmm. through our phones or through um, headphones so yeah we wanted to try this out we weren't 100% sure it also gives Margot free roaming time <laughs> so then she yes. can walk away from her phone which is necessary right um I just completely lost my train of thought um <laughs> but back on to the Renee topic we want to talk about who is she she is well okay I'm getting ahead of myself with this crack out moment. Um, I just want to say like where we started hearing about Brene. Um, I personally, and I think for Olivia was in choir with Brett Epperson and he was reading her books and he would just come back and give us his update on the books. He loved them. And then after that, her name was one that stuck out and I remembered And I went into my introductory of social work class in my freshman year of college, which is right now. And my wonderful professor, Lisa Borkard, mentioned her book. And she was like, does anyone know who this is? And I was one of two that knew her. And I was just like, thanks, Brett. Thanks, Mr. Epperson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But going into that, she was in our textbook. She is a professor at the University of Houston. She's a researcher. Um, in the field of social work on empathy and vulnerability. Um, and what was the other one? And she... And shame. Not only... She's a shame, shame researcher. That's what you're saying. <laughs> ah, yes. The three pillars. Um, not only is she is uh, a researcher, she's an author. She has like seven books, I think. 
She has a lot. Don't quote us on the number, but yeah, there's a lot. Daring Greatly is the one that I just bought. I'm really excited to read it. What do you have? The Gifts of Imperfection? I have The Gifts of Imperfection and it's sitting right by my bed right now. I've been trying to read it before I go to bed every night. Um, It almost sounded like you said that you have The Gift of Imperfection. And that really made me laugh. I am actually perfect. So, interestingly enough. Um, But yes, she studies, again, shame, vulnerability, and empathy. And we just found a lot of great um, things through her research. And a lot of things that we both, like, had thoughts about and, like, wanted to explore. And she really just set it in stone and said, like, this has research behind it. And this is true, like you're allowed to be vulnerable, you're allowed to feel empathetic, and it all connects to shame. And that was just a huge stepping stone for me personally, and, and I hope Olivia, as we're doing this podcast. Yeah. So I just don't want to speak for you. No, you're okay. Yeah, I also heard about Brene from Mr. Epperson, and then I continued to hear about her from Margo. Um, if you haven't listened to our first episode, Margo and I are were college roommates obviously we had to move out because of everything happening with quarantine um but we were in our freshman year of college at Nebraska Wesleyan University and then we ended up moving out but we talked a lot about Brene in our free time um a lot of conversations on the floor or across the room in our beds um (laughs) talking about Brene and empathy and vulnerability and it was really cool to see I guess for me a lot of things that I had in my head things that I had thought a lot throughout my life um that kind of came into fruition with Brene and with her research. And Margo definitely was talking about her a lot, had me watch some videos. And I was like, okay, Margo came in multiple times where I was watching Brene's Netflix special, which she released in 2019 called The Call to Courage. You should definitely watch it over your quarantine. Um, But I was like watching it in our room and she's like, I hear Brene. And And we definitely don't want to come across as like, oh my gosh, Brene Brown's our idol. But like, I think it was really comforting as like, older teenagers and like emerging adults to like have someone that was like yeah you don't have to be this adult that like hides behind these walls of not talking to people and not relating to your coworkers and not like really being true to yourself it was just really cool I guess for me to be able to feel that um it reminds me of we wrote down a couple quotes about Brene that are important to us um for me one of the ones that I really like two of them I guess is first she says vulnerability is not winning or losing it's having the courage to show up and be seen when you have no control over the outcome which is so true because you literally have no control over what happens to you when you're vulnerable with someone she also says vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage truth and courage aren't always comfortable but they're never weakness and that's something margo and i talk a lot about as well that we think is so important And along the lines of the quotes, one of my favorites is from her is it's crazy how much energy we spend trying to avoid these hard topics when they're really the ones that can set us free. And I think that is my biggest premise for this whole podcast of being, why don't we talk about this stuff? It's the stuff that like actually feeds the soul and you get so much more out of than just the how's the weather conversation. So yeah. I think for me too, it's been something that I've noticed just having conversations about like what it really means to be a person and really to connect with other people is something that can cross the gap of religion or sexual orientation or gender and all of those things. I think 
a lot of these conversations, at least for me growing up and for a lot of people, especially in the Midwest, I assume, definitely don't want to assume, but just like what I would think would be through religion is you'd have a lot of these conversations. And I think definitely that has a place in our world, but I think it's also important to remind us that we can have vulnerable, empathetic, like really true connection conversations with any type of person that we meet. Um, and that's also really important to Margo and I reminding us that like, you can be empathetic and vulnerable and just like truly connect with all different types of people. Um, and that Brene shapes her research through what like research and in a way that we're all able to connect with her, not just specific types of people. She really has accessible knowledge and accessible content, which I think is also really cool. Yeah. And I think what's also important for me um, through Brene, I've also seen a lot about this idea that like feelers and deep thinkers aren't alone. She doesn't like say that outright, but it's something I've definitely felt through Brene's research that like, as an, I'm definitely an empath and Margo, I would say you probably are too. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we both definitely are. That you're not alone in thinking these things. And also Brene definitely emphasizes there's a benefit to putting vulnerability and empathy into practice in our world. Um, one way that I saw that is she has um, something called she did a talk called Daring Classrooms. I forget what the what the convention was. I know it was for educators, but it was in 2017. Um, and I'm an English major and an education, like education endorsement. So I want to teach high school or middle school English. And so obviously like education is something I'm really passionate about. And to see that Brene took like her concepts and her research and talked about it, what that looks like in practice and like really caring for kids in your classroom. Like that's just one way that you can connect like her research to like a practical area of life and for me something I'm passionate about and you can do that obviously Margaret's a social work major she's a social work researcher and like all of those things like you can really connect Brene to every yeah. area of your life and her research is such a springboard for so many yeah. good conversations it's a really cool thing that she does I think a lot recently she's been talking about uh she did an interview recently and I don't remember who it was with I'll put it in the description or something um but she talked about how she's been going into businesses and like she's not there to talk about finances she's not there she's talking about how to like run a business where people can work together nicely and truly to make a bigger impact with business so she's in a lot of assets. definitely and I think that's really cool that she's not just like only sticking to areas she's comfortable with and she says a lot like courage sucks vulnerable more vulner vulnerability sucks and like having to be courageous mm -hmm. sucks and like that that's not something that is easy for for everyone and I think putting herself into so many areas I can't imagine how hard that is but yeah she's done an amazing job one thing she's done a really good job with is Brene came out with her own podcast we put out our first episode and then Brene released her own podcast called Unlocking Us um, and also obviously she has a lot of books but Unlocking Us is a really cool podcast. Obviously, we really appreciate that you're listening to us and that you're here to talk about the things that we care about. But also, if you just want a different resource and obviously like a professional opinion on some of these things, you should definitely listen to like Brene's podcast. Um, her TEDx Houston talk that she gave in 2010 is kind of what put her on the map in, in the public eye talking about vulnerability. And there's so many, you can watch countless interviews that she has with people because she's so well known um and just really listen and like digest that um we're really glad you're here to hear what we have to say and we want to use Brene like I said as a springboard to bring us forward to saying okay 
we've learned all these things. We learn these things from like other podcasts and researchers and friends that we have. And then let's just have like real human conversations about them. Um, so with that, what do you, Margo, what are we talking about? Today? I think we should <laughs> talk about vulnerability. It's a huge part that she, are the three things, big pillars that she has with the vulnerability, empathy, and shame, courage, not empathy, excuse me, moi. Um, no, it's you're, I think I you're think right. I'm wrong. We got we, shame, vulnerability, and empathy. I'm pretty sure. We Shocking. Will, we will check. You should that. tell us how wrong we are, way, please. <laughs> either way, Brene does talk about all three of those. She does things. Know every and, day. <laughs> she really does. Um, but I think like defining what vulnerability means to us, because I do think it is something that is it changes from person to person. The basis stays. But the things that people find to be vulnerable change so much. And again, I think this is definitely an area where like we do not have Brene's opinions. Yes. And so we definitely want to shift you from like that's Brene to like as people who can like have someone yeah. that talks about this, this is our this is our opinion. I just want to make sure that we don't get can you imagine if we got sued by That Brene would be Brown? so sad. I can don't know imagine? what I would do. I don't know if I could continue on. <laughs> We might, we might have to make a podcast episode called Becoming Brene. <laughs> or like Becoming Brene, Brene's Enemy. Like, Brene's Enemy? I, we have oh to imagine you hear us one day and be like, hey guys, um, we have to change the name of our podcast um, and delete like the first half of them. That'd be so sad. Becoming blank. <laughs> becoming, <laughs> I don't know. Becoming, <laughs> becoming anonymous. Like, oh, that's so funny. But anyway, yeah definitely a big thing like Brene please don't sue us hey listeners we're not Brene like it's not the same go listen to Brene do you think someone might think we're I don't Brene? think so <laughs> can I you think... imagine if someone's like oh my gosh Brene Brown I love her podcast called Becoming Brene no, I think people kidding. might That'd think that we're speaking for her and we are not if you want to hear from Brene we go listen not. to Brene we are two eight we're an 18 and 19 year old twin college from the midwest yeah. like we're not even from texas guys like no it's not us <laughs> so but we are talking about her Great. all the time but not in a creepy way i hope <laughs> she is inspiring and we want to use her research as a way to have important conversations yes. that's our whole podcast there you there go, we go. Folks. we are not renee okay all right jumping back in um Again, I think it is so important for everyone to define what vulner vulnerability means to them. And to me, in like latent term terms, is just the being able to be uncomfortable sometimes and to truly process what you are going through in life. Life is hard. And if you go through it without being vulnerable, then you just get stuck sometimes. And it's really hard to continue growing and continue relationships well. Definitely. I think for me, um, I define vulnerability. I have a couple different facets on it. I <laughs> Stupid English majors, shout out to myself. I just tend to have such like long definitions and like I look at our like show notes. Oh my gosh, show notes. So we don't have those. This is all mine are always just like all out of my words. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. We definitely no. have a script. I, mine are always so... Mine are always so long, and Margo is just so good at just like being clear and concise. And mine are just like I actually think I'm so not um, clear. I think I'm just concise. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
I guess for me, vulnerability, I say, is the willingness to be honest with not only others, but yourself about everything. It is not dumping your mess, but an act of bravery. And you have no idea what the outcome will be, which we talked about that Brene quote earlier. I think that's just an important, for me, that's an important facet of vulnerability is like, you don't know what reaction someone's going to have, but you do it anyways. Um, so I see it as this willingness, yeah, to be honest with not only other people and speaking those things, but also yourself. I think um, a really good metaphor for like vulnerability and just for like, I guess, unloading like the person, like unloading your personal feelings and emotions is something that Margot actually has used before. And I use it all the time now. I don't know if you know this, but I constantly use this metaphor. One time Margot and I were having a conversation and she told me, she said, the way that I, it's very different. Margot and I talk about emotions and deal with our life in very different ways, which I think you'll find it's shocking how different we are, but (laughs) shocking. Margot's metaphor was this. She said, if I'm a train and I have a hundred cars and maybe every time I have even a small argument or a really big thing happen in life, like just life piling up, it's like a train car piles up onto my train and I don't have the capacity to just unload my train every day. Margot says like, I'll unload like everything like once a month. I'll have to like sit down and really process and I'll go through a breakdown and I'll have to like have all these hard conversations and just feel such a mess. And I was like, are you okay? (laughs) Because I am the person that has one car on my train and I have to sit down and have a conversation with someone. I got to get it done right away. And I think that just like shows you can be vulnerable in different ways, in different capacities. You can be vulnerable about something that happened 20 years ago or something that happened yesterday. Like there's just so, vulnerability is such a variable thing, but I think it's interesting for Margot and I specifically, who I would call two people that are like, not easily vulnerable, but people that are trying to practice vulnerability. We have very mm-hmm. different approaches to the way that we yeah. handle it. And going back to that uh, metaphor, I do love my metaphor of the train. Um, I think what's important when I do that technique is that I also realize that it's not always the best and I think it's the same for you it's no one's ever doing it perfect um and like you were saying like I let my trains my train cars like pile up but I think what's important when I go back is to decide what I need to have a conversation about and decide what I need to process to let something go and I find with this that I I am able to like let things go better not better but more often than not just able to like move past something instead of having a conversation about it and part of that comes from my lack of wanting to confront people and part of that is coming from the insecurity of being like I don't need to bring this up again because it's just me who feels this way Mm. and that goes against all vulnerability it's all it's it's how I was kind of raised to do things with the like deal with it yourself it's no one problem it's nobody's problem but yours and talking about it makes it someone else's issue and I think I've definitely grown from that a lot even just the time that Olivia and I have lived together I think that was huge a mixture of like Brene coming into my life so hard and Olivia and I living together just like opened so many doors for me for being vulnerable. Um, one thing I really think about when I think about that is um, one time 
it was probably like the first month Olivia and I moved in together. We weren't super close going into college. We had hung out a few times, but definitely not like good friends. We're like loose friends who were who went to high school together, like were in some activities. Um, and we went into college and she just was like, you have to tell me what's going on. And just continuously being like, just tell me, like, it's not going to be bad. And just to the point where I like, I just, she made me cry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it was great. Skill. It, it, really it opened doors to how our friendship went. It was I, able, like, I was able to easy, more easily tell you things. And it opened doors into other relationships of how I talk about things yeah definitely I think that comes a lot from you talked a little bit about your upbringing for me um both of my parents and especially my mom just like in my upbringing definitely prepared me for vulnerability um and I don't I don't know how to explain that but kind of this idea that and I talked about it a lot with Margot that my parents both established this idea that they did not want us as kids I'm the oldest of four kids to feel like we had to sweep anything under the rug in order to have positive relationships with them and that they wanted us to, you know, if we were going through something, they were probably, they had probably gone through it or wanted to help us handle it. Um, and they just really prepared me to like speak my truth and to actually have honest conversations. If there's a disagreement in my family or someone's having an argument, we're definitely the kind of family who like calls a small family meeting and like sits and talks about something for like 30 minutes and that is a super positive thing. And I think that's really helped me a lot in just really having open communication with people. On the flip side of that, and I think this really showed Margot and I's relationship, it definitely has disappointed me throughout my life. Because most people, I would say, I would say I'm very fortunate in the way that I was raised in that way. It did not make things perfect. It has definitely made me extremely emotional. It's sometimes hard um, for me to have conversations where people aren't showing up. And that's the hardest thing for me is it almost has made me disappointed and hardened when other people aren't ready to show up in the same way that I am. It definitely also can burn me because I have been willing to be vulnerable from day one. I meet you and I'm definitely the person that tells you too much um, really quickly. And I had to learn, especially throughout middle school and high school of like this idea of guarding your heart in a positive way, not being dishonest, but guarding your heart. I think a really good example of that is, um, my boyfriend Preston and I started dating in November and we like met in the beginning of college and started dating. And we definitely had a difference in, I'm pretty extroverted. I'm really willing to talk about stuff really quickly. Um, and I just kind of had to learn to accept that like most people really need time to trust people. And that's not a bad thing. For me, I saw that as something that was they were hiding part of themselves, but I've realized like, as I've grown up is like, that's not what that is. And that's not what that means. It just means that it just takes people some time and that's not a bad thing. And it really like, I don't know why it didn't click in other relationships, but it really clicked while when I started dating Preston and this idea that like, he was, he wanted to trust me and he wanted to be there and he totally does now, but it's like, it might take a month, it might take a couple of weeks. And for me, I was ready to be all in so quickly. And I think that's, definitely something that has been hard for me to learn and in our relationship I was like I'm ready to give you everything why aren't you ready to give me everything and that can be really frustrating and yeah probably really scary I think that's where it comes into the uncomfort like what how much 
wow how uncomfortable it is to be vulnerable especially when someone is more willing than you are um I think that's the biggest Mm -hmm. place that I find it to be uncomfortable when speaking on like personal vulnerability I'm definitely a person who the way my family was run was like you can fight but we're not gonna like the next day it's all over like you got you got what you had to say out and now it's done and we don't talk about it anymore and I'm also very much introverted so I process things by myself and not with other people and then but I really enjoy not enjoy because that's weird of to say but I almost expect or am totally willing to listen to somebody else but not willing to give that back and another thing that Olivia and I talked had talked about while living together was how how we like process things in the way of I process things all at once and it's over completely instead of processing a little chunks at a time and then coming back up. And I think that comes into how I deal with vulnerability again, because I don't necessarily feel the need to talk about things as other people do because I've already processed it and it's over. Like I flipped the page and I'm not turning back. Mm. And that's been a difficult learning curve because I don't think that's always the best because you do learn. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Definitely. And I kind of tend to be on the flip side of that. I tend to be an overly nostalgic person almost. Um, Not in like looking at pictures and those types of things, but like I've noticed over the past that I definitely have a tendency to rehash memories or overthink old friendships and things like that. Just like really mulling over my past. And sometimes I think I have a tendency to root myself very closely to my past instead of rooting myself to my present self and I think with the vulnerability piece of that it it almost seems like I've been willing to be vulnerable but I need to like go back and like not make sure but just like I guess just be nostalgic I don't know if those 100% coincide together like the vulnerability and the nostalgia but um hey we're talking about coming back to things and I have a tendency to like feel like I have new things to rehash and that I've learned new things and that I have to be vulnerable about the same situation at a different time um which I don't really know if that's a good thing or a bad thing I think it's for me it's just a thing and I don't think it'll ever be a good or a bad thing um, for either of us it's all just about how because it's all built up from childhood and there's it's hard to change and if it works it works I think that's really important to realize definitely I think that's important to realize like something Margo and I've talked about a lot is like we have so many of the same beliefs values and things like that that's why we started this podcast but we have very different childhoods very different personalities um and just a different way of doing life and I think it's important to remember that just because someone does something differently Mm -hmm. than you doesn't mean that it's wrong it might seem foreign or confusing like um what's it gonna (laughs) oh my god productivity I feel like we might have talked about this in an earlier podcast but um I am a type A, do all of my stuff, get it all done, rest in the end. Um, I come from a really busy family, so I definitely wasn't one to just like go rest throughout my day, like for fun. Like if I had time, I would spend it with my siblings or like trying to help someone else. Um, And Margo is also definitely like a surface oriented person and like 
service and wants to like give to other people but she does a really good job of like finding periods of rest and then like is can be a procrastinator and works really hard um right before something's due or like just has a different timetable than I do mm-hmm. and I just didn't get it and she would be like Olivia you need to calm down and rest and I'd be like Margaret you need to get <laughs> off your butt and do this but it's just yeah. because we have different timing it's, it's, it's when so you like strange. can actually fully understand that and not even just between you and I being like why do you do this why do you do this why aren't you doing this why am I doing this and you're not between personal relationships but then seeing it in every single human being and being like they don't have to think the same way I do they don't have to follow the same schedule they weren't raised the same as me they're not going to process the same things I think about in my intro to social work again class we talked about how you can be in the same car accident with somebody you can be in the same car get in the same car accident and have completely different after experiences you're going to process it completely different you're going to have different guilt levels being the driver and being the passenger everything is going to be different and you cannot expect them to be the same and when that fully clicked for me is like my perspective on the world changed again that's really cool that's a really cool metaphor I like that a lot I think another thing that we have in terms of vulnerability and just in human relationships something that can you can struggle with is two things that I think about like one that vulnerability comes out of safety Um, someone that is going to be sensitive to the situation that you're in you don't have to be vulnerable with people that you don't feel safe with and I think that is something that took me a long time to learn like you don't have to just come up to someone and be willing to tell them everything especially things that could lead to um, distrust or hard situations for you or maybe people that have close relationships with someone that you've had a hard time with, things like that, Um, but that it comes out of safety. And also we talk about this a lot, not making assumptions about people and allowing others to speak their own truth and their own vulnerability. I definitely have a tendency to make assumptions and think that I know someone, especially with Marco when we lived together, I would be like, well, I assumed this is what was happening or I assumed this is how you were feeling. So I didn't, didn't want to talk about something at this time. And Margo often told me she's like you can't make an assumption off of how I'm feeling if you haven't asked and even asking takes vulnerability asking and answering both take an enormous amount of vulnerability and take so much courage to even do you have to build the courage to be vulnerable and ask what's going on it's so easy to make an assumption especially like you were saying between us it seems like we know each other perfectly but we just don't and you have to be willing to ask and it becomes easier the more you know someone and the more you talk about it I think something that's that's oh, sorry yeah I but, okay something no, you keep <laughs> we you definitely go. like you sat go. down and talked about like we talked about how we process exactly like we ran down metaphors how I process how I see life how I move on from things like we had those conversations so often it makes me feel so much more willing and so much more safe to talk to people and once you find someone that you feel safe with like having those conversations so someone can understand that part of you makes it so much easier to be vulnerable vulnerable about other things yeah I think if you really think about it in this way of like 
what are some of the things that we can take from vulnerability and some of these tips and tricks of going into our relationships? And if you really think about it, like everyone is like a little machine. Like if you looked in, you could see all their gears and wires and whatever, Mm -hmm. however machines work, I don't even know. Um, And you could really see into someone and see their inner workings. The more that you're vulnerable with someone and willing to say, well, why are you having a bad day? And not just yelling at them or well, what's actually going on behind the front that you're putting up? Or like, how can I really be here to help you? Once you ask those questions that like almost let someone into a new layer of you or you are in a new layer of someone's personality and in their self, I guess, you are better able to understand what those gears look like, better able to understand what their machinery is and how they work. I didn't get the reasons Margo would say specific things to me until she would say, well, this happened in my childhood. Or like, this is what someone told me one time, or this is how I process something. I noticed a lot of conversations that I'd have with Margo and I'd be like, this is something that really triggered me in my past from a past friendship and relationship that I just can't deal with. And maybe conversations like this will come up and I just don't know what to do. Like once you really are able to understand someone in those ways, you have such a deeper relationship. And I think the biggest thing is the yeah. first step is to show up yourself. And Danae yes, says 100%. that. And it's so true. Showing up and asking questions in the way that's not accusatory. Saying, why are you like this? Why are you doing it like this? What yes. are you doing? And they just have an, an, a natural aggression behind them. And saying, saying like, how can I help? Can you help me understand what's going on? It's huge. Exactly. Questions, not demands. And I also have heard this expectations of what someone should be or what they are puts other people in a box. And it almost takes this idea of the fullness of what someone is, is contained to this little tiny square that you've kept them in and you're containing them to what your experience looks like. I heard this, I'm pretty sure it was on Jen Hatmaker's podcast, which I love and I'll continue to talk about. She did a podcast with uh, Andy Stanley And he said something that really resonated with me. He said something along the lines of um, everyone's situation or what they say makes 100% sense in their own head. Like whatever they think, whatever their belief is, whatever their feelings are, in their own head, it makes 100% sense. So it's our job to help ourselves get to a place where that can make more sense to us instead of saying, well, they're doing it wrong. It's like, well, how do they see it as right? Or how do they see that as how life works? And I think it's been really helpful to understand. I think our relationship is a good example to understand you has also helped me to understand myself. And I think coming from that of understanding someone else, if you give yourself like tricks, like Olivia and I like use metaphors constantly and that works really well for us like you can try it out or you can find a way to explain something to somebody in a way that doesn't always make sense outside of your head to make it make sense to somebody else. Yes. And emotional intelligence is a real thing. I, once I learned that we have an EQ, like uh, it's like IQ, but emotional, like EQ, I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And the thing is, emotions aren't easy. And we don't want to come on here and talk about this and be like, oh, vulnerability, it's so easy. All flowers and sunshine. We barely have it figured out. And I don't think we do have, no one has it figured out. Brene does. Brene's been researching it to try to figure it out. And it sucks. She says it. 
and she doesn't get it. <laughs> but like there were conversations where Margo, like I remember a specific one where I was super upset for like a week yes. during, I'm pretty sure it was during the winter. And there was a day that I just couldn't contain myself and fell on the floor sobbing. And like, it just happened. Like, it's not pretty. It's not easy. Like you definitely have that idea of like demons coming out of the closet. And you know what else I noticed? Some of these things that I see as my hardest, deepest, darkest secrets or biggest struggles or insecurities, when they really come out in the light, Mm -hmm. they aren't as big as I thought they were. And to have someone to say, you know what, I don't believe that about you, or I want you to know that I still care about you despite what you've gone through is also such a rewarding and positive experience. Like it's so important. And I just never, I don't want this podcast to come along as this like across as this (laughs) super feely emotional thing, because you know what, if you actually want to go through life and have meaning and purpose and connection, you have to show up this culture. I think we could talk a lot about this, especially in America of coming across and just being you come across to people as how was your day oh I'm doing fine instead of really opening up and really telling people how you're doing and we just process all these things by ourselves in our own little bubble I'm like I can't imagine the change in our world if we all just really showed up for each other and we're willing to be honest and work together and you know you see it in just hard situations in our world like if you were really if people were really willing to show up and just understand that people are coming from different backgrounds and socioeconomic statuses races sexual orientation religion like how how much could we thrive like as a society and as a culture if we were able to understand instead of like uh yeah make it villainized yeah and just like realizing as a society that there's so much power behind voicing your thoughts I think that is definitely something even I don't want to feminize that but it kind of can be of the like keep your thoughts to yourself kind of thing and that all goes back to like how are you oh I'm good that's always the answer and if it's not then you have a fear that you're going to be seen a certain way and be seen as a problem like you're not just be fine and I think that comes from a culture of like you have to work hard you have to go to you have to go to work every day you have to go to work every day but you have to you have to take these steps to grow (laughs) you have to climb the ladder and if you're not you're failing I think that's a very Americanized thing and I could be totally wrong but I'm gonna speak to it as an Americanized because I just don't know um it's definitely like how we were birthed as a country going back and it's it's stunted Mm -hmm emotional vulnerability I think comment down below oh my gosh I would talk about love to talk about American exceptionalism I try to bring it up as much as possible but yeah (laughs) you really do yeah but I think for me the way that I kind of learned this and it actually has inspired like my future career and I think we could do a whole episode about that for us too but um I was in slam poetry in high school And I love slam poetry. I think performance poetry is so cool. But the thing that I really got out of that is some like a group of adults and other kids were willing to say, oh, your voice matters enough to like write something and go on stage and perform it. 
and just that idea that someone was like, yeah, we want you to have a microphone and we'll score your poem, but it doesn't really matter because we just want to be here for your thoughts and ideas because you're a person that matters. How awesome that can be if that can come through a person in the classroom as a teacher or a social worker or a parent or daycare worker, like whatever that looks like. Like if we can practice that ourselves, we can do yeah. that for other people. I think you're probably cool. like part of the one percenters in there that was were ever told that as a child. And I think that's such a dis like a disparity in our society that and that's not fair of us to do. Mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for the way my upbringing was um I think that's played a lot into it but at the same time my parents have always said it wasn't just us it was the areas that you were in and the resources that you had and who you are too and I think that's important to remind ourselves too a lot can be rooted in our past but we can also grow so much from the things that we've gone through and the people that we are we can continue to grow from that as well Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast today. As Margaret and I were going through and editing our audio, we realized that our last like two and a half minutes got a little screwed up um, and that our audio was overlapping each other a little bit. So I decided to record the outro and just give you guys a couple announcements before we go. So in terms of our podcast, we'd love if you would email us at becomingbrene at gmail.com. No spaces, no uh periods, not anything like that. Just becomingbrene at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, anything you think we should talk about in the future, um, we would also love if you could leave us a rating or a comment, if you could subscribe to us on whatever podcasting platform that you've chosen to listen to. Margo and I have also decided that we're going to try in the future to record our podcasts on Wednesdays. Um, We usually do it in the afternoon, so we probably would be able to bring it to you sometime in the evening on Wednesday. So be prepared for that and look out for that in the future. Um, After quarantine and after everything with COVID-19 dies down, that might not be the same, but we'll keep you updated. We'll try to start getting on a schedule. I know that's been difficult um, as we started our podcast. But again, thank you for listening to Becoming Brene. We love our audience, and we're so happy to have you here and joining us every week to hear about the things that we want to talk about. We hope that you tune in next week. Thank you so much for supporting us and all the love that you've given us. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thank you.